Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. This is Kurt. And I'm Chris. And today we are excited to have the one, the only, Michael Garcia. I was hoping for a drum roll. That would have been great. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's post edited. Post edited. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. This is Kurt. And I'm Chris. And today we are excited to have the one, the only, Michael Garcia. So welcome, Michael. Appreciate you taking the time to be here. Uh, First thing I want to do is just ask you to introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are. Sure. Uh, My name is Michael Garcia. I am a camp guy. That's what I do. I currently serve as the camp director for Camp Centerland at the JCC of Greater Buffalo up here in Buffalo. And I also do some consulting, Youth Development Pro, um, as well as I have a podcast uh, called the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook Podcast, which we talk from preschool through college age uh, workers. And we talk about basically what it was like to know when it was 20 years ago, what I wanted to know, right? So like as a 20 year old camp director, 20 year old youth development professional, kind of scare me away from coming into this business. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's it. So we talk about programming. We've been talking, we just launched this spring and we've really been only talking about COVID and as you would assume. So uh, now we're trying to scratch that surface, make it a little bit bigger and and where we're going. Yeah, we've been so focused on uh, virtual camp ourselves. And it's like, okay, we, we've done so many of those episodes. Mm-hmm. We need to kind of step away. We start stepping away like, well, I don't know. Maybe we should go back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to be? We just did a retrospective. So we actually invited our four of our past guests on and said, okay, you said you were going to do this before summer. Did mm-hmm. you actually do it and what it went on? So that's kind of how we linked it together and oh, how my partner and I kind of said, okay, now we're kind of closing it, right? Because we've, mm-hmm. we've reached back. We've done the six months, seven months uh, view back. Okay, let's move on. Where are we going to go next? So before we get into the questions, I find it interesting that you work for a JCC, but you're not Jewish. Is that, is that uh, something that a lot of JCCs do? Garcia is a very Jewish sounding. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So no. And yes, I guess is, is where it comes down to. Uh, I, I like it. So I spent the first 27 years of my career in the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And as I said to that in the beginning, I was a young and man and I am a man, but Christian, I was not either. So I worked for the Y for, for 27 years. Um, <laughs> And the biggest transfer over, everybody's like, well, what's the difference? Um, nothing. It, it's it's the same type of value-based organization. Um, it's a charitable organization. And I think the nice part is, so the, the challenge part is I'm the first person who doesn't identify as Jewish in the camp role at Camp Centerland 65 years. Wow. And in the beginning, there was some, what are we doing here? And as my boss said, they were looking for the right person, not the right Jewish person. And if the person was Jewish and they were the right person, great. But if they're not Jewish, that's great, too. Um, So there's a few of us out there. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. And so for the three years I've been here, I've taken a intro to Judaism course. Um, 
I could talk I could talk pretty pretty intelligently, which is a challenge for me sometimes uh, about Shabbat. A challenge for Kurt sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just in general life. I, yeah. yeah, about Shabbat, about kosher standards and what does it mean to be kosher, which were just, you know, terms I've heard in the past, but never really paid any attention to. So, right, right. and being, an, and to be totally honest, being a New England camp, YMCA camp person, there wasn't a lot of Christian in my camps either. Right. So we're there. The areas and the camps that I worked with were very the why, not the Young Men's Christian Association, although based in those values. Again, it's funny. The Jewish communities have been very aggressive in a positive way to say these are not Jewish values. These are values. And a lot of those same values I see when I worked with the Y and I work with the J. So. So let's jump into things. You ran camp. In-person camp, yes, Summer. You know, what what decision led you to that? Yeah, so it was a lot. It was was a lot. I I will be honest, this was the single hardest decision I've ever made in my camp career. And a lot of factors played into it. A lot of flipping, flopping back and forth, too. There There was about a week and a half there before New York State said, yes, you can run where I was having conversations with my supervisor of saying, should we run? Mm-hmm. And so we, I always have this rule. I've had it forever. I inherited it from someone. I don't even remember who it's been, it's been around, but we have three goals with any of the camp programs that I run. The first goal is to make sure that the kids go home with the same number of fingers and toes you dropped them off with, right? They're rule. safe. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be their fingers, but the same they number, got them. right? So they got 10, That's bring right. them back tomorrow. We'll shuffle them around and you'll figure it out. Um, that they're dirty and glitter counts as dirt, right? So that's, a, that's the second rule. And that, you know, the day after the, the, the night that they go home, at least once a summer, they're kind of sitting at the dinner table like a zombie because they've had such an exhausting day. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at those three rules as our base and looking at the the mission and the vision of the JCC to be able to serve our community, um, a lot of things came into factor. First of all, at the time in our area, the infection rate for COVID was 1% or below, right? So that was nice. The um, ACA, and I'm an ACA nerd, all transparency, I'm the upstate New York uh, standards leader for ACA. But the ACA and the YMCA came up with those amazing set of guidelines at the CDC adopted. Uh, Our Erie County uh, really said, we kind of contacted them and said, hey, we want to do this before it was announced we could open. We're very communicative to them. And we have 20 acres of outdoor space. Now, we run about 180 kids a week pre-COVID, and we only ran 80. And we were projecting to really only run about 100 because we knew we'd have the challenges for us is the rain day space, right? So when thunder and lightning comes, being an outdoor camp, I have tents. But in the past, you know, you stick 100 kids under this tent and 75 kids over here and another group over here where we had to be that that six-foot social distance. Hmm. And – I would say, I always say I go to the smartest person in the room. And so I went to my wife and I said, would, you know, would you send my son, Max, would you send Max to camp? 
And she goes, all the work you're doing on the back end, I would. And so, as we like to say, threw stuff at the wall and saw what stuck and reached out to the health department. And they're like, let's go. They literally came the second day of camp for the inspection. <laughs> and when the, they never the health, come that early any other year. I, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this sets up four visits. I know that they're going to be. Yeah. And, and on the way out, the inspector goes, we came to you to get you off our plate because you're not what we're worried about. You were so ahead of the curve. Mm. We want to go check out those places that we got a little more concerns about. So, and I'm going to put it out front, a zero COVID summer. So we're very excited about that. Awesome. Well, and you're in, you're kind of, I'm in Illinois. So Chicago yep. determines a lot of what happens in New York, I'm sure with New York City. So what was your like state requirements that, that you kind of had to deal with? Yeah. So June 2nd is every day watching Governor Cuomo on his 11 to noon, one o'clock every day, sitting there waiting for him to announce camp and then not announcing it on the first date, then not announcing it on the second pushback mm -hmm. date and then not announcing it on the third date and then watching the next day, a Tuesday. And he announced that camps, mm -hmm. day camps could run, not resident camps. And they, it was, it's funny their requirements were tell us what you were going to do to mitigate risk. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a little backwards in my opinion, but I think it, at the time, no one knew mm -hmm. what anybody, you know, no one knew what, what this yeah. looked like. We knew we had to be smaller. Um, in the past we ran uh, double counselors. So it would be, let's say for our uh, Yehuda group, which is third and fourth graders, we ran 20 kids with two counselors and we shifted to one kid or sorry, 10 kids and one counselor. We didn't run the pool. We didn't swim this summer. Uh, that was a, that was a tough decision to mm -hmm. decide not to swim. Cause that's a huge, we did, we do swim lessons every day and a free swim on Friday. Wow. And we didn't, we didn't get wet other than a slip and slide where we call it slip and kick. Uh, we brought out a slip and slide. Yeah, so it was an activity they've done. Slip and kick doesn't yeah. sound quite as fun. You it go to the end doesn't. and you get kicked. Is that what? <laughs> listen, listen, you know at the end, Chris, you know, traditions are traditions and what things are called, right? And so That's right. <laughs> they, would do, they would do slip and kick twice a summer as like a special surprise. We're doing slip and kick today. And we put it on a little bit of a hill because we're, it's Buffalo. We're pretty flat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And we had a little bit of a hill and we put a 40 foot big plastic tarp down and we ran 200 feet of hose over to where the nearest water hookup was. And we just, they, they had a blast and they loved it, but yeah, slip and kick water games too. Cause sometimes our periods were half hour. So a lot of kids would slip and kick most of it, but very few kids would slip and kick the entire time. So water games, water tosses and things like that. Well, it's funny. You talked about the flip-flopping and, and that's how we were too. You listen to your governor and it's like, okay, yes. Okay. No, oh no, not today. Oh yes. Today. Oh no, not today. <laughs> I, yeah. We kind of picked a date, like we're going to make an official announcement this day. And I'm glad we did because before then I would have been making a different one every day. It seems like. I, I have four, four different schedules for four different options. Yeah. I, I, the people who know, ah, oh, man, I got obsessed and I, and it wasn't good. I'm not recommending it. You know, I, I, I was funny. I was just talking to somebody on my way at, at work today, and there was a, a person who sent their kids to camp 35 years ago, and she still works out at the JCC. And, you know, 
I was talking to her and she said to me, she goes, you look tired. Yeah. And, and, and all the camp people know, you know, especially if you do just camp, mid, late September, you're kind of back, right? October comes mm-hmm. and, man, we're recording on the 26th. I feel like camp ended last week. And not physically, but mentally, mm. this was the most stressful but most rewarding summer I think I've ever had. Interesting. What was uh, staff uh, hiring like? Staff hiring, we were pretty much hired pre-COVID. So we're we're pretty lucky. We usually tag on like 10 or so during that COVID timeframe. We asked back probably about 60% of our staff which is about an average for us. We ask about 60% of our staff back. And I actually pushed them to get committed by the end of January. So about 60% of our staff was hired at the end of January. And then I do Zoom online interviews pretty much every week in January and February. We do a pretty cool campaign that says, get your summer job while you're on winter break. So you come home from college, you get your summer job, you get it done, you don't have to worry about it, right? I don't try not to wait until the last minute. I had a higher number. I'm not going to say ghosting because they didn't really ghost us, but we had a high number of people just say, I'm not comfortable working or my mom's not comfortable with us work. And uh, we told every single person who was a returning staff who backed out for those reasons that they would be offered a job in 2021. We're not we're we're not punishing them. We didn't punish anybody for not coming to camp this summer. Um, we we little on a side note, we gave refunds all the way up. If you called me Friday and said, "Hey, I'm just not comfortable," you got a refund, full refund, in full, um, uh, or pushed it till next summer. Mm-hmm. And we had about twenty five thousand dollars worth of money get pushed to next season. So that was a that's a pretty big chunk that we thought. So, but anyway, so the staff hiring was just, I, we were mostly done. We did hire some last minutes. I think every camp, no matter pre COVID, post COVID, you hire those June 10th people. Um, <laughs> those those males. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> camp yeah. starts in 20 minutes. You're hired. <laughs> I'll tell you most of those last minute hires killed it. Killed it. They were like some of my top, top staff. And I was nice, just super nice. impressed. So. So So obviously camp was completely different this year. Is there some big major things that you did a little differently how you ran camp? Yeah. The smaller groups was, was probably the biggest, biggest transition we made. So, you know, in in the only groups we didn't split to one counselor was our groups we call Sharon, which are the Sharon of the campers that are going into kindergarten this year. So these are still preschoolers, right? They haven't hit camp yet. They haven't done kindergarten yet. Um, So we still, instead of going to 12, though, we tried to keep it to 10. So our ratio is one to six and we would have 12 kids in a group and two staff. Um, The weeks we had 12 kids, we had two staff and a CIT in that group. The other thing is we, I'm, I'm the weird guy here, so feel free to have at it. But like, I'm not the guy to keep you with the same group all summer. Like I like mixing kids. I like changing, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. But then let's switch swap it. Let's get new friends. Let's meet new kids. And this year, man, I spent hours every week making sure, okay, Chris was mostly with this group week one, two, three, four, and five. He wasn't here week seven, but who can I put in week seven? Cause Chris is coming back week eight, nine, 10, 
right? And so how do I keep yep. that same consistency? And then once, which, you know, we've all done, oh, that group dynamic doesn't work on Monday. We're going to switch them Tuesday. Nope. Boom. Yep. You were in that group. You were locked all week. As long and as I wasn't was in it. Chris's group, I'm good. We'll Whatever. make sure. You when would we, have loved thank it. Thank you. Yeah. When we register, <laughs> guys, what a nightmare. Sure you're separate. <laughs> so was there any positive changes that came from this that you think i'm gonna keep that i mean was that even possible yeah one of the big things so our drop-off and pickup procedure our carpool as we call it which is like a valet drop-off and pickup was done down on like a street now when i talk a street this is like a glorified driveway right so like we had these three tents when it rained i had 180 kids under three 20 foot long by 10 foot tents right just didn't work so we moved it down to a an old tennis court that has a monstrous tent and what we did was we were able to spread all the kids out so immediately instead of dropping kids off and they go to this mob and then we put you in your group later, we couldn't do that because that contact tracing we had to keep track of. So we were able to take the kids out of the carpool and put them directly into their group in their location. Mm -hmm. That's going to stay. That's going to stay. Kids are going to be there. Um, And at least for our senior camp, which again, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders, I think I'm going to, at least for a while, and we're definitely going to keep it for next year. I think next year is going to look almost identical to this year, but I think I'm going to keep those smaller groups. I like the one to 10. I like having a a killer counselor getting to know 10 kids as opposed to, you know, two counselors who have 20 kids and they all really focus on the five Mm -hmm. and the other 15 are just kind of passing through because they don't get to know them because it's just too many kids. And the two counselors, I feel they're going to like those same two or three kids because those are those dynamic engaging kids who've been there forever. Those kids with that personality yeah. and it leaves that low hanging. It's not even the, the kids who get in trouble on the low end or the kids on the high end that are always engaged. It's that also it's me when I was a kid, it's that C plus B student, right? That mm-hmm. no teacher knows their name or no, mm-hmm. nobody knows their name. They get by, they're doing just enough to get by. And that, that I think we had a lot less of this year because they really got to know those 10 kids in their group. Cool. That's cool. No one could hide. Yeah. How about games and activities? Any big tweaks to those? Yeah. So we introduced nine square in the air. Um, that was pretty cool. The kids kind of liked that. Uh, it, it, Gaga is still the main thing. Gaga was a huge kind of five, six group activity at a time, you know, they would just mix and intermingle by unit and, you know, we kind of moved it way out into the field. So it, and we put it on your schedule. Slip and kick, like we talked about, was new to us. That was in there. And looking at that might stay as we yeah. progress through through the years. Um, we added dance this year. We were adding it pre-COVID. So the nice part is I had a counselor the last couple of years who was amazing. And she's like, I want to do dance. I teach dance in, at a school. Can I do it? Yep. And so that helped us out a lot. To, you didn't teach to it? Kind of, well, I was. It was interpretive <laughs> dance. There is a photo. No, no, not at all. Um, Some of those TikTok dances. Oh, my gosh. We did TikTok. Uh, <laughs> nemesis TikTok. But yes, okay. yes. Can you savage? <laughs> I, I listen all day long, just not with the dance, Chris. I can, I can savage myself. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we, we added activities. We, I intentionally bought like I think it was like 12 rain day kits. I, you know, things that oh, I got one or two, we, we bought more to spread them out and be different spaces. So, so what about special events? You know, what'd, what'd you do there? We canceled them all. Yeah. It yeah. Hurt. yeah. I mean, we, in the past we've had, uh, stay lates for the junior camp, you know, to get to stay at camp till seven o'clock and have hot kosher hot dogs. And we had family nights, which we invite families on camp till seven o'clock with their kids. And basically the oh. campers become counselors and take their parents around to activities. Oh, cool. uh, Love that idea. We do overnights for senior camp, which is my nemesis. Uh, oh, field cool. trips for our discovery, which is seventh, eighth and ninth graders. Uh, we have international staff come, our shlichim, which is, uh, or a shlichia, which is a one person. It's an international staff from Israel. And we have a group that's called uh, the Israeli Scouts, and they are a performance group from Israel that go around, and all of that was canceled. Oh, wow. New York guidelines and and, every, and my, not my comfort, right? I'm going to lay that out there, too. I mm-hmm. think we canceled it. I would say we as metaphorically. I canceled them before we knew we were even going to run or not, just letting parents know this is not happening. If the health department said, no, no, you could do it, I, I wouldn't have done it. I, I just, mm-hmm. we couldn't, we couldn't have done it. We were, we're blessed to have a big enough pre-COVID 300 person amphitheater. And we were able to get our 80 kids socially distanced in the amphitheater at one time. But like we had a couple of benches we brought in for the oldest kids and we kind of put them way in the back outside the cover because we needed to have a little more space. Uh, if I had a 20 parents, we would have not been able to meet that standard. Well, were your registration rates the same or did you lower them because you had to cancel all this stuff? We, uh, as a charitable organization, we asked parents to make the same financial commitment they would make any year. And, uh, and we, we did also, one, I don't think I mentioned this before, but uh, we did cancel and not offer extended care. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, okay. the, the corralling of extended care and basically you go, zone right instead of man to man which is what we need to do we went it was zone so we didn't however we offered to all of our parents a full refund we said 10 days before your child attended that we could camp but some families were like we just wanted to do it but we're not comfortable we yeah. refund we asked that they would take a portion of it to donate to the camp and uh, a lot of our parents took the extended care 50 dollars a week and said you keep that for a for a donation or keep three weeks of our 10 weeks or whatever that is, Uh, you know, so that was, that was a a big help. And like I said, about, about 25,000, about 40 families pushed registration from this year to next year. They'll be guaranteed spots up to two weeks. The first two weeks of registration, they're guaranteed spots for next year. And then after that, we, if we have space, we'll take them. Cool. Cool. What do you think the hardest thing about the summer was? I said this, and I'll, I'm going to be totally, and Kurt knows me fairly well now. I'm pretty open and honest. The hardest thing was keeping my smile all summer long. Mm. Like the hardest thing when, when we had a couple of COVID scares, like kids who went to, so our practice was if a person in your group, camper or staff, went and got a COVID test, we treated it and locked down immediately that group and anyone who popped the bubble. So if they had a um, 
an inclusion counselor spend time with them. They were immediately sent home. Kids were sent home. Um, the the two that we had, which both were negative, but we still, and the first one took like literally 10 to 11 days to get response on. Oh. And yeah, and the next one was like four or five. So not, not too bad, not too good, but not too bad. But we're camp directors. You got to be the cheerleader, right? You got to be the, woohoo, we're here. Everything's great. Uh, well, I was going to say that, it didn't look like you were having a problem with what you posted on social media. I mean, it looked like you were just like having a great time and everybody was having fun and everything else. So good job on that. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, things like I slept in my third bedroom at my house all summer. Yeah. I just didn't sleep in the same room with my wife and stayed away from my son and uh, a lot and, you know, sat on the other side of the room and it just was, it was stressful. It was stressful. Um, Well, we're almost out of time, but I want to know what your plans are for 2021. I'm actually building my budget right now, and uh, we are looking to take approximately two to three more groups a week, which will bring us to about 100 kids, a little over 100 kids a a week at camp. But we're not changing camp next year. Maybe we'll offer a recreational swim once or twice a summer. Uh, Financially... We have to figure out how we can close that $60,000 gap and adding 15 to 20 kids a week for six weeks. And we'll run full 10, but brings us, you know, probably another 30 to five to $40,000. But how do I close that last 20? Well, it sure isn't staffing, right? Like, what am I going to do? Lay off all my specialists then? Um, so th- there's some, there's some, some real thought that needs to be in. Cause for us, if we add pool, well, I need to pay for trailers because the changing trailers. And so in the past, we'd have a, a uh, campers who identify as male and campers who identify as female trailers. Uh, we have a, a, a non-binary and, and transgender trailers or people who are just not comfortable. We have, we have bathrooms for those to change in. But these other two trailers, well, with COVID spread, I mean, we'd have two or three groups in one trailer at a time, right? And so do I need six trailers? How's that going to work? What's that going to look like? Um, so it's 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 going to be very similar. I, I expect all staff to be wearing masks like we did this year. Um, no children were required to wear a mask unless they rode the bus. Um, oh, you but, still have uh, buses then? Yeah, we ran we ran two buses. We went from sixty six kids, sixty six people on a bus to twenty two people on a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's half our camp. So we, we ran two buses, one bus for one week, one of camp, and then two buses for the rest of the nine weeks of camp. And uh, that was expensive. You know, we, yeah. we had to pay it. We had to pay an upcharge for cleaning and all of those things. But again, we would have 35, 40 less kids a week. So how are we going to make this more cost effective? Even if they say, hey, now you can have 44 kids on a bus that will help us immensely. Yeah. Plus yeah. parents have to be wanting to do it, right? You're going to have to want to send your kid to camp next summer because you're more comfortable. You've been living with it for a year as yeah. opposed to this happened two months ago. Right, right. Cool. Well, thank you for all of your insights, Michael. Yes. Really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having me. If uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Uh, so the best way is through, uh, I'll give you my two websites. One is Camp Centerland, C-E-N-T-E-R-L-A-N-D.org. 
and then uh, my through my consulting, it's youthdevelopmentpro.com. And uh, you can reach me there. Both have my emails posted. Post, you know, I'm on it pretty much seven to eight days a week. And what, what are you doing for your consulting? What are We're running a youth mental health virtual course, so youth mental health first aid courses, which are on there. We have a couple more spots in my December one, and we're going to be having ones at the end of January, early February. Uh, we'll probably be doing one at least every other month, if not every month, uh, moving up to preparation for camps. I do a lot of mentoring. Um, my, we're talking camp, but my entire career, and if you work for the Y, you know, after school, camp, youth development, aquatics, all that kind of stuff, as well as my wife is a uh, preschool teacher and has been working in preschool for years. So we consult with preschools and on accreditations. Unless you're in upstate New York, I can help you with your ACA accreditations. So and you know you need a you need a goofball to talk to your kid your staff. Let me know. I'm that guy to do it. And you've got a thing like if if somebody's new to camping leadership, they can yeah. you you can mentor them like a what an hour. Uh, yeah, yeah. We just have one hour sessions just to yeah. kind of check ins. We have uh, blocks, and uh, I'm I'm not a nonprofit, but if you call and say, hey, we want to do it, can we do it at this rate? Give me a call. Like. I, I wish they had it when I was a young camp director, yeah. right? I, I, I always tell the story of you walk in, congratulations, you're now you're an official director. They give you last year's budget and say increase income by 5% D and only increase expense by 3%. There's no backup understanding what those are. Now, hopefully your camps and after school programs and don't do that anymore, but that's what I find a lot. They're afraid to ask their boss that question because they'll look like they don't know anything. So it's easier to ask a third party. What totally. Is, what What does a net really mean when it comes to financials? It's a great you idea. I'm, I'm yeah, a, uh, that's cool. I may hire you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and you've got a, you're, you're doing a couple of sessions for ScampCon. I, I am. I'm super excited. There's this crazy ScampCon thing going right. on. Hey, man, ahead of the curve, Kurt, you know? Right. Ahead of the curve. Hello. You're on your yeah. three. It's not reactive. It's not like, <laughs> oh, look, COVID, let me change my workup. This is like, I've been doing this for three years. Yeah, so I have a couple of sessions. Uh, one is coming up on what are the five things I learned this summer. Uh, it's actually I have it's a, my preparation for it is I have about 15 and I'm like, ah, oh, how do I break it down? Right. <laughs> oh, those two can go together. That's a little, you know, we got to change the title. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Kurt, it's 15 things I learned. Hey, so, I'm uh, down with that, man. I'm <laughs> down. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then the other one is we actually, uh, so I love fundraising. Yeah, man, I'm that guy. I you, love, I'll ask anybody know. for money anytime, <laughs> any place. If I believe in the mission and vision of what I'm doing, I'm knocking on your door and getting you. So we actually, next year, 2021, was supposed to be our kickoff to our first annual campaign at the JCC for camp. Well, everything that happened, we decided to uh, do it this year, and we raised $20,000 in seven weeks. And so this is like a very high view of how we did that. Um, and of course, my it connects to my consulting because I work with I worked with three camps in the past, but um, two after school programs and three camps to help build a fundraising campaign for their program. So this is like someone who's never done fundraising before. Right. Um, this is really like a basic 101 intro to to get it going. So this awesome. is and for anybody who said this is not the time to ask, you're wrong. This is the time. This is the hearts and strings times. These, you know, oh they don't have the money. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. They're out there. Yeah. So, 
And, and you kindly offered to uh, do some interviewing and hosting. So I appreciate yep. that. Thank you very much. Yep. So again, thanks for being here. Chris, yeah, over to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. So we were, I'm with you. We're fingers crossed, hoping to have camp next year too. And next week, Kurt and I are going to talk about an idea for a theme, a gaming theme for camps. And so be sure to check in next week. And from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. See ya.